All right, we're going to get started. Glad you are here today. Why don't we tell them thanks for our beans and cornbread today. Good job on our lunch. Very good job. I'm going to ask Gene Tyro if you'll start us off with a word of prayer, please. Thank you very much. Glad you are here. Again, every week, remind you, I want to encourage you, invite somebody, find somebody, text somebody, call somebody to, to come and, and join you on Thursdays. You want to see every single week our, our men's lunch uh, continue to grow. Today, we're going to end really what was a short four-week study on prayer and endeavor we move through that we're going to wrap up today. My prayer is, my hope is that it has, and then maybe more than that, that it will make a tremendous Impact on us, in us, and through us. And, and that's really my prayers. As we've thought about this, as we've considered these teachings on prayer, that it actually has an impact. That we're not just hearing, but we're, we're actually changed in the, in the hearing and the teaching of the Word of God. And that is my prayer. That is my hope. Well, we're going to wrap that up today. Uh, if you remember, we started off that very first week talking about the power of prayer. And that's really the place that you should start. Uh, sometimes we neglect to pray or we fall and become lackadaisical in our prayer because we fail to see the power of prayer. Understand, it's not wishful thinking. It is not the sending of good thoughts. It's not some superstition. But according to Christ himself, it is powerful. It is effective. And so we started off and we saw the power of prayer. Then we saw exactly what prayer is. There's a lot of misinformation today, a lot of misteaching on this. And so we saw what prayer is. According to what God has said in his word, what is prayer? And we came up with the basic definition that prayer at its, at its core is communication between a believer and God himself. It is a communication between a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, and God himself. And, and how awesome is that? Our great God, our marvelous God, hears our prayers. And he actually desires that we would pray. That's a tremendous thing. The God that created everything, our marvelous God, hears our prayers. Now, I was thinking about that a little bit this week. Um, you know, this week, if I decided, here I am, uh, a citizen, here I am uh, uh, trying to, to uphold the laws of our land. If I decided this week that I wanted to speak to our governor, you know what, I want to speak to our governor. He's, he's representing me. I want to speak to our governor. Let me, let me tell you this. Today I could call him. Today I could go to Austin and go see him, but let me make you this promise. I'm not going to talk to him today. I could try. I could call him. You know what, I need to speak to the governor. You know what, I'm here, I'm knocking on the door, I want to see the governor, I'm not going to see him today. If I decide today I want to see our president, I want to talk to our president, he represents me, I can promise you this, I can go to the White House, I can get on a tour, I can jump a rope and try to find him. I'm not going to talk to the president. How tremendous that our God, the creator of all things, 
When I desire to speak to him, I come to him through Jesus Christ and I can speak to him right this instant. I can't talk to the governor. I can't talk to the president. But right now, through Jesus Christ, we can speak to our creator God. How tremendous is that? Then we talked last week about how to pray. And we saw there actually is a biblical model. There's actually a God-given guideline for us to follow in prayer. And we saw Christ himself instructs us in how not to pray. He says, here's some things not to do. And he also tells us this is how to pray. And so understand, there is a right way to pray. We have a biblical model. Christ himself tells us how to pray. And then that brings us to this very last week. And today we're going to see commands that we are given for our prayer life. And I want you to think as we move through today, pretty awesome stuff. We're going to see commands that God gives us, that he directs us in for our prayer life. Now, let me start off by saying this. We obey God's commands. We submit to God's commands because we trust him. And it's really as simple as that. It's as plain as that. In all areas of our life, if this is what God has said, and because I trust him, because I believe him, I decide to obey him. And that's, that's the fact. Sometimes we think, you know what, I'm having trouble with obedience. I'm not being obedient in this area. And really the truth is it's, it's, a, it's a crisis of faith. You know what, if we believe what God has said and we trust what God has said, we will obey him. And so in all areas of obedience... It comes back to trust. Do you trust him with your marriage? Do you trust him with your finances? Do you trust him how you order your life? Do you trust God? And if you trust God, then you will obey God. Well, in this area concerning prayer, we have these commands given to us. The question is going to be, do we trust God? Here are some commands concerning prayer. Do we trust God with these commands. Now, let me walk you through some of these. Now, this isn't an exhaustive list. There's a, probably a couple other things you can find, but I want to show you some commands that we have that we are to obey concerning our prayer life. First command is this. First command is that we would be consistent in prayer. That we would be consistent in prayer. Romans chapter 12 verse 12 says that we would be devoted to prayer. Now that word devoted means committed. It means given over to. We are to be committed. We're to be devoted. We're to be given over to prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 says, we are to pray without ceasing. We're to pray without ceasing. Now what that means is we are commanded very clearly in God's word to be a praying people. It is not to be a rare thing. It is not to be a random thing, but it is to be a consistent part of our walk with Jesus Christ. We are to be consistent in prayer. We're to be devoted to prayer. I wonder how we're doing in that. I wonder if that is the command of God, how obedient we're being in that. I wonder how much of the time we pray when I have a need. We pray when I decide something is urgent. The command of God is this. You are to be, I am to be consistent in prayer. 
We're to be consistent in prayer. Here's another command. Second command is this. Now, it sounds very similar. It sounds the same, but really it is not. The second command is this. We're not only to be consistent in prayer, we're to also be persistent in prayer. We're to be persistent in prayer. Now, I want to read you some verses out of Luke chapter 18. We're to be persistent in prayer. Listen to these verses. Now, he was telling them a parable to show, this is Jesus, he's about to show this parable, to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God. He's a lost guy. And he did not respect man. He had no use for men. He was lost. He doesn't respect God. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, Yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. Now, that's a lost judge. You know what? The the example here, Christ says, you know what? You ought not lose heart in prayer. A lost judge who doesn't care about people says, you know what? This lady is persistent, and she keeps coming, and she keeps coming, and she keeps coming, and he answers her request. Get this today. Be sure and see this. It is an extreme act of faith. It is an extreme act of trust to bring something to the Lord in prayer and to keep bringing something to the Lord in prayer. What if he doesn't answer right away? You know what? I thought I'd have an answer by now. What if he doesn't answer right away? What if his timeline is not my timeline? You know what? I have a schedule, and I thought by the spring this would happen, and by the fall this would happen. What if his timeline is not our timeline? Does that begin to change how we think? You know what? I thought I would turn to God for this, but maybe now I'll do something else. You know what? I thought God was my answer in this, but maybe I'll take care of it myself. Understand, to be persistent in prayer is to say, you know what, God, you're my hope. God, you're my answer. I'm not going to look somewhere else for an answer. God, I need you to act. God, I'm desperate for you to act. And so I will persevere in prayer. It is an extreme act of faith to persevere in prayer. It's an extreme act, really, of worship to persevere in prayer. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not understanding this. I don't see what I want to see right now, but I don't have any other answers, and so I'm going to be persevering in prayer. So the first command, be consistent in prayer. Second command, pers- be perseverant, persistent in prayer. And then that brings us to the third command. Third command is this, be thankful in prayer. This is kind of odd. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You're to pray, the Bible says, with thanksgiving. Colossians chapter four, verse two. Devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. When you pray, you come with an attitude of thanksgiving. Man, let me just tell you this. This is very telling. This is very revealing. Isn't it crazy that God has to command us to be thankful? 
Isn't, isn't that crazy? Isn't that absurd that God has to command us to be thankful? He does. He actually has to command us to be thankful. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. All of the blessings of life. And we could sit here and we could go around these tables and we could talk about how hard it is. And yes, life is hard. We could talk about the things we didn't see coming, that we didn't expect we'd go through. We could talk about those things. We could talk about the things we don't understand. You know what? I don't understand this thing. But let me tell you, you start to think about all of the blessings of life. All of the blessings of life. You think about all of the good things of life. All of the good things. I start to think about my home and my wife and my little kids there at home. And I start to think about the cars that we drive and the things we've been able to see. I start to think about all the good days. All of the good days we've had. Most of all, I start to think about, you know what? I have a God who loves us, who cares for us. I can't understand that. Most of all, I remember we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who takes our sin, who takes our shame, who bears them upon himself. He never sins, who dies our death, who secures and purchases our forgiveness, who secures our redemption. As sorry as I am, as sorry as we are, I'm able to stand in a holy God, blameless in his sight. Listen, we ought of all people be thankful. We ought to be a thankful people. We ought to wake up and say, ooh, I have a risen Savior. Oh, the good things of life. My hope still stands today. We ought to be a thankful, thankful people. And yet God has to say, you know what, be thankful. Isn't that the most absurd thing? God has to command us to be thankful. We are to be a thankful people. Let me be honest with you. I'm just going to tell you. I don't like entitled people. There's some people I don't like. I'll just tell you one of them. I don't like entitled people. I don't like people who act like you owed them something. You know what? I'm a gracious person. I want to help people. I want to do things. I don't like people that act like I owed them something. I don't like people that aren't thankful. You know, you, maybe you know some people like that and you help them and you give and you give and you help them and you try to be nice, but you know what? They could care less and they have this attitude like you owed it to them. I don't like those type of people. There's a couple of people I don't like. That's one of the types. Here's something weird. Evidently, God doesn't like those type of people either. He says, be thankful. Be thankful. You know what? Enough of this. Be thankful. Of all people, we're to be a thankful people. And then last, let me show you some people he tells us to pray for. Here's some commands. Well, here's some commands, some people he commands us to pray for. Let me walk you through some of them. He tells us, he commands us, 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2, we're to pray for others. That's the starting place. We're to pray for others. We're to pray for other people, including lost people. Now, what that means is we're to carry the cause of others before the Lord. You know what? He hears prayers. You know what? He's faithful to answer prayers. I've seen it. I've seen it. We are to carry others before the Lord. We're to pray for other people. We're to pray for our Christian brothers and sisters. We're to pray for our churches. We're to pray for lost people. I was thinking about this this morning. Maybe right now, you are never more like Jesus Christ than when you're praying for somebody else. 
You see, the Bible says he sits at the right hand of the throne of glory and he makes intercession for us. He is praying for us right now. Maybe we're never more like Jesus Christ when we say, I'm going to pray for my neighbors. I'm going to pray for my family members. I'm going to pray for this person. Man, their life is pretty rough and they need a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're to pray for others. Here's another one we're commanded to pray for. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. We're to pray for our leaders. We're to pray for our leaders. The Bible's very clear in this. I do not have much faith in our leaders. And I don't know how long it's been since I've been able to say that. I'll just tell you, I don't have much, much faith in our leaders of any stripe. Uh, I, I think, man, the world's got a hold of them. I think they're for sale. I think they're self-promoters. I don't have much hope, much faith in our leaders. But let me tell you this. I'm commanded to pray for those leaders. You see, my answer is not going to come from government. I can promise you that. But you know what? The Bible tells us that God, the leaders of this world, the kings of this world, it says they're like water in the God's hand that he steers them where he wants them to go. You know what? We're commanded to pray for our leaders. I don't, I don't put much hope in them. You know what, I, I don't think that there's going to be a movement in our government and you're going to see this great thing happen. I think it should come out of the church. But you know what the Bible says? We pray for our leaders. God, save them. God, get their attention. God, use them, channel them, that your will would be done. We pray for our leaders. And then the last one is this, and boy, this is a hard one. The last one is this. We pray for our enemies. We pray for our enemies. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 says this. Even those, Jesus is talking, who persecute you. You pray for those who persecute you. Now, I want, I want you to understand, a person that is persecuting you is a little bit different than an enemy. An enemy is a person who doesn't like you, is set against you, they're sworn against you. A person that is persecuting you is actively set for your destruction. Now, I don't know if you've ever dealt with that, but they're a person, they're trying to take you out. They're trying to knock you out. They're trying to remove you. Jesus says, even those who would persecute you, you pray for those people. Here's, here's a pretty hard question. What do we pray for? What do we pray for? I know what my stomach wants to pray, that, that, that a tree would fall on them or something like that. What do we pray for our enemies? Man, I want you to see this. We pray for our enemies that they would see Jesus Christ that they would know Jesus Christ and that they would love Jesus Christ. We pray for our enemies that they would line up with the will of God. Do you understand that? We pray that they would see Jesus Christ and seeing him, that they would love him. And we pray that those enemies of ours, those that are even actively trying to take us out, that they would line up with the will of God. And you say, our enemies, that's what we pray? Yes, especially our enemies, that they would love Christ and line up with the will of God. Listen to me, the best thing that could ever happen is that they would find Jesus Christ and walk in his will. That's how we're gonna have reconciliation. That's how we're gonna have peace. That is what would bring glory to the God of peace. You know what, we pray for our enemies, that they would find Christ, that they would love Christ, and that they would line up with the will of God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this series. And as, I, as I wrap all that up, you know what? There's a way to pray. You know what? Prayer is effective and powerful. You know what? We have some commands to follow in prayer. As I, as I wrap all that up, I wonder this. I wonder today, and I want you to think with me, what we are missing by being less than, 
less than in God's plan, less than honoring God's commands in prayer. I wonder what we're missing. I wonder what God had for us. I wonder sometimes what did God have for us, but we never asked him. The Bible says you do not have because you do not ask. I wonder what tremendous things we had and we never asked God for. I wonder what God would have done. I wonder what God was willing to do, but, but we, we didn't persist in prayer. You know what? Maybe we were right up to the edge. Maybe we were about to turn the corner, but we thought, you know what? I'm going to drop that and I'm going to do it myself. I wonder what mighty, awesome act of God we missed because we did not persist in prayer. I wonder what marvelous, tremendous, awesome things we are missing right now by being less than obedient in the area of prayer. Wouldn't that be terrible to, to be able to see that? Man, God had great things and we didn't ask. Man, God had, had a tremendous plan. We didn't persist. There's a line from a song, and I've already quoted this song once in this series. There's a line in a song, and I, sometimes I read these old songs and I think, man, that guy must have been a genius. Whoever wrote that, that must have been a genius. And we, we sing it, what a friend we have in Jesus. Whoever wrote this must have been a genius. One of the lines says this. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Here's the good news. I hear this and I start to think, man, I, I haven't been consistent in prayer. I haven't been persistent in prayer. You know, I've, I've had some big intentions and I've gotten off track. Here's the good news. You know what? That could be a new start today. That's the good news of our gospel, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what? We draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? I haven't been all out of being in prayer. You know what? I can ask God to forgive me. He does. And I can draw a line in the sand. And all of those blessings, all of those resources, all of those good things are still his to give. We can draw a line in the sand and we can be those people of prayer. Most awesome thing that come out of this four weeks is we go out and say, you know, I'm going to be consistent in prayer. You know what, I'm going to be persistent in prayer. You know what, I'm going to pray for the leaders of this country. And I'm going to pray for people that would even try to take me out. I'm going to pray for the lost of our town. Can you imagine what God could do? All of his resources, all of his blessings, all of those good things are still his. We draw a line in the sand and we obey, we trust his plan. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Glad y'all are here. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. And I just, I want to start off by telling you, you're awesome. You're tremendous. You're marvelous. You're powerful. You're mighty. You're gracious to, to people like us, sinners that rebelled against you. You're kind to us. You love us. You do not write us off. You don't cast us in a trash heap. You're holy. You're pure. You're pristine. You're so far above us, and yet you know the, the intimate details of each of us. And so we praise you today. We worship you today. We thank you today. We submit to you today. Lord, I pray in this area of prayer, first off, that you forgive us where we've become apathetic, where we've been lazy. Maybe we've just been ignorant. Forgive us. But now I, I'm almost excited, Lord, to tell you, I, I know the hope that I have, that, we, that, that your blessings, that your resources, that your plan still holds 
if we'd be faithful. I pray for the, the people across this room, the men across this room, that we will be consistent in prayer, that we will be persistent in prayer, that we will be obedient in prayer. And I pray that all of it wouldn't be about us, but it would be for your glory, that you would be known, that your name would be exalted. And so we end this by just telling you, Lord, we praise you, we thank you, and we worship you. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.